All right, guys, you can be seated. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open them to the book of Ruth, chapter 2. We're going to continue study of biblical relationships is given in the book of Ruth and looking at uh, dating and what the Bible says about dating. Honestly, even looking at as to whether or not we're in a position where we're ready to date. I know there's a lot of Somebody asked me, I've had parents ask me when they, when I think is an appropriate time for somebody to date, and I honestly think that that varies uh, based off of biblical principles, okay? And some of those we're going to see uh, actually presented in this text tonight, kind of reviewing one of the things that we've seen in relationships as presented in the book of Ruth was character and that uh, the thing that speaks most out of this text itself is that a relationship cannot be based off of physical attraction. If your relationship is based off of physical attraction and physical attraction alone, then you do not have a relationship, nor should you pursue that relationship. It's very dangerous. It, is, uh, it leads to more ungodliness when there is not a biblical a background when you don't really know a person when there hasn't been an attempt to actually get to know an individual you don't even know the reputation reputation all there was was this you thought he was cute she, she thought you were cute or whatever it is and you're like oh yeah let's get into this relationship i'm just here to tell you that is dangerous and i'll be honest i'm going to use this word stupid okay it's stupid and it leads to the reasons why people get very physical in relationships very very fast because all there is is a physical attraction and what happens, broken hearts happen and it leads to more and more ungodliness, okay? And so one of the things that's been so great about Ruth is you saw that Boaz never even went after her. There's never even been a date and you see that he develops all of this character toward her and that she develops all this character toward him before either one of them ever know that there's really an interest, He's already, at this point, Boaz has already asked around about her. He's already asked, who's that girl, what's she, and he's already heard. Listen, her reputation preceded her. He knew that she was a faithful woman, that she loved the Lord, that she left her home, her home and ser- desired to serve God, came with Naomi to a land that was not her own, to people she did not know, and that she has done nothing but try to work to provide for Naomi since she's there. And when they had that conversation, he said, I, I know you well. I've ar- it's already been told me what kind of person you are. His attraction was based on the fact that he knew who she really was. He knew the kind of person that she was, and that caused a reaction in him that developed. Okay, This reaction in him is what things we need to see to have biblical relationship goals. These are goals we need to set in our lives so that we can have real relationships. See, see this is something that... Uh, People don't talk about relationships enough, I think, especially even in youth groups and stuff. We think it's cute or whatnot. And I've seen nothing. I've seen very few relationships that begin in middle school or high school uh, that end very well. Okay, I'm being honest. I've seen very few of them end very well because they did not have a real relationship before they started. Or the honest truth is they weren't ready for a relationship when it began. And these principles we're learning are a what what is God's giving us is he's giving us tools to recognize am i ready to start a relationship until you have these character traits you're not ready okay and that's what we're looking at we're looking at what what kind of biblical relationship goal am i looking for so that i know that i'm even ready 
to begin or to pursue a relationship with an individual. So we've seen a number of different things. We've seen that there was a commitment in that there was a commitment before there ever needed to be a commitment. They weren't even dating, and there was already commitment. Guys, there, there, there are several things that were seen. Last week, we saw this desire to protect, that Boaz made sure that she was protected. And guys, listen, she wasn't his to protect, but he made sure that she was protected. Protection is a normal thing, even protection from you. You protect their character, you protect their integrity, you protect their purity. That is something that you need to have as a biblical relationship goal if you're going to begin a relationship in the first place. And then we're going tonight to deal with biblical relationship goal number three, provision. Okay, provision. There's just two things there. I expect to kind of move through them quickly because it's 733, okay? And so I'd really like to be done uh, right at 8 o'clock because I don't have to be long to explain the text. It's pretty simple stuff, okay? I hope that you'll take it home and really think about it, okay? But it's pretty simple stuff. Our text is going to begin in, in verse 14 of chapter 2. And we'll just read through the end of the, verse, the, end of the chapter so that we can make sure we've got the context. Uh, let's just stand together as we honor the reading of God's word. Reading, good Kentucky word, reading. The reading of God's word. Yeah, okay, here we go. Number, uh, verse number 14, now Boaz said to her at mealtime, come here and eat of the bread, and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied, and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Then she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. For she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, this, man, this man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young woman, and that people do not meet you in, the, in another field. So she stayed close by the young woman of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. Let's pray. God, I pray that you take this text, help it to make sense to us. And God, as it makes sense to us, it challenges us, even in our own relationships. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Guys, I'm going to give you this first one uh, right quick here at the beginning. Biblical relationships, number one, biblical relationships provide security, okay? A biblical relationship goal is providing security. Boaz, as he uh, met Ruth and was impressed with her character, he first wanted to uh, protect her, and then he saw that she had some needs, and his desire was to provide for her. Now, he didn't just provide for her in the sense of physical needs. 
there was other provision that was given that you see in the text, even in some of the wordings. So I want you to write down, number one, the security that we give should be a secure in attention. And if you're in a relationship, they should be secure in your attention. Uh, Guys, here's the deal. If you can't keep your eyes on one person, number one, you are not ready for a relationship. If you're constantly glancing, here's the problem. Uh, Guys, I don't care how gorgeous the girl is you get or girls, how handsome you think the man is that you get. I promise you, I promise you, there is always somebody better looking. Always. And that's why I warn you about just physical attraction being the means for your relationship. So dangerous, so dangerous and honestly foolish, okay? But see here that he... She knew that she could be secure in his attention of her. She was this, guys, honestly, a little, a little foreigner who nobody should have paid attention at all. And yet he had eyes for her and let her know that he had eyes for her. When she even said earlier in the text in verse 10, she said, why would you even take notice of me? And he assured her, because I have heard what kind of person that you are. And he assured her that, listen, listen, Ruth, you have my attention yet they weren't in a relationship yet but he assured her you have my attention guys one of the things that is a biblical relationship goal is simply faithfulness to the person that you are seeking to date a faithfulness listen if you're like well i just really don't want to just settle down with one person then guess what you are not ready to have any relationship all that leads to is broken hearts and it's stupidity on your part. Relationships are not games. They're not something just to, oh, I'm going to play with for a while and throw that away. That's not biblical. That's not a biblical way of starting relationships. Friendships, maybe. Friendships, maybe. But having these dating relationships, that's dangerous, especially because they promote, they actually promote being physical. You see, when you're with a friend, you're not physical. When you're dating, there's almost this progression. It starts like, you know, we hold hands and ooh, you know, and then we got to go a little further, okay? What is that? Guys, that's your flesh, and you're not ready for a relationship if that's what it's based on. He said, here, listen, you, you first need to know that you have my undivided attention. So there's security and attention. Not only that, they're secure in their care. If you look at verse 14, the first thing that he wanted to do is make sure that she was cared for. I'm going to give you just kind of a, a something to look for when it comes to a, a relationship, okay? That individual will care for you as a person. They will care for you as a person. Listen, they're, they're not, it's not going to be a self-centered, always about them thing. They will care for you. And in caring for you, they will make sure that you know that. See, Ruth was secure in something. She was secure that Boaz cared for her, and she can see that he cared for her based off of his actions toward her. The fact that he had attention, she drew his attention. She had his attention. She knew she had his attention. She was amazed that. She was like, I I don't know why you would notice me. And he even said, because Because the type of character that you have. It's been told to me what kind of woman that you are. And not only that, he even brings God into the situation. I love this. He says, because God's revisiting you for the character that you have. God's revisiting you for the type of character that you have. So his attention was, listen, his attention's on her character. But his attention was on the fact that he knew that this was a godly woman. And he was really impressed with that. So he made sure that she knew she had his attention and that she knew she could be secure in his care. 
What he was doing when he said, make sure you stay near my young men. Make sure that you glean here. Listen, come and eat at my table. Here, did you see what he did? There's this, this kind of, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it was a big deal then. He took of his bread, the master of the entire group, he took of his bread, and you notice he didn't offer it to the men. He didn't offer it to the other maidservants. He took of it and said, hey, here, you, you dip this in the vinegar. And there's another text that's interesting. It's almost an intimacy in the disciples' time when Jesus uh, talked about that they would take and they would dip this thing in the sop. That was a, a, a closeness, and this was kind of a, one of those moments. He was showing her some special care. He's like, hey, it's not enough that you just eat of this bread. Here, dip it in the vinegar. He's saying, listen, not only, am I, not only do you have my attention, he said, but also you have my care. You will be taken care of. Can I, can, can I stop just for a minute here and say, guys, if you are not focused on caring for the individual that you're thinking about getting into a relationship with or that you are in a relationship with, you don't need to be in that relationship. A biblical relationship goal is caring for another individual. They have your attention. Listen, they are, you are faithful to them. Every time they're gone, you're not looking at somebody else or calling somebody else or texting somebody else. If you're doing that, you are not ready for a relationship. You're not being faithful, and that's not a biblical relationship. That's not a goal anybody wants. That's not a goal anybody wants. So a goal is to be, man, they have your attention. They're secure in your attention. They're secure in your care. And number three, they're secure in provision. I'm going to just stop here just for a second. Bible says that a man, guys, I'm going to just get to you a little bit because I believe it's in the heart of a man that God has designed men to desire to provide for their spouse and their children, okay? So before that takes place, if provision is not a normal, not a normal reaction to the relationship, you don't even have the most basic male tendency towards that girl i want you to soak that in if there is not immediately a desire to provide for her you don't even have the most basic male instinct in a relationship jesus says it this way in the bible if a man will not care for his own family he is worse than a lost person being damned for hell is pretty bad okay that's pretty bad. If you don't desire to provide for your family or you don't desire to provide for that girl, listen, guys, you are missing the most basic male instinct that there is besides a sex drive. That's it. So understand that. That's how heavy that is. He, his de desire was to make sure that she was cared for and provided for. He, he made sure that she had, here's the word, she had enough. I think it's, it's something that's inside. When, when Jill and I first started dating, um, she uh, wanted a pair of jeans, and, and she was picky. I, I, girls are more picky about clothes than guys are, okay? Uh, I'd never try jeans on. I'm just being honest. I didn't try these on before I bought them. Maybe it looks like I didn't. I just looked and said, man, that's the right waist size. Looks like that. Well, okay, it says that they're 36 length. Okay, so I, I bought them, okay? And never even tried them on. That drives Jill nuts, Okay. Never even tried them on, okay? Now, I remember she wanted a pair of jeans, and we went into this store, and I told her, I said, you, I'm going to get you a pair of jeans. Oh, no, you're not. I said, I'm going to get you a pair of jeans. She needed a pair of jeans, so we went in to get a pair of jeans. We were dating, okay? We were not married. We were dating, and she goes in, and she tries on 
a lot of pairs, okay? <laughs> There's a lot of pairs. She tries them on, and the ones that fit her the best, and I'm being honest, the ones that fit her the best, the ones that looked the best, the ones that were the best quality were about $80. And guys, listen, I, I, of course, I, I worked several jobs at that time. Before I got married, I had money. After I got married, I didn't have any money, okay? But before I got married, I mean, when I went to take a date, I'd go into the bank, I'd say, I need $100, and I'd take $100 every date we went to, and that was just what I planned on spending. That wasn't the meal, okay? I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure. I mean, when, she, when we first started dating, it broke my heart. She had never been to a nice restaurant. She had dated through high school. No guy had ever taken her to a nice restaurant. She went to Burger King or she went to places like, okay, I'm just, guys, that's not a good dating place, okay? Hey, baby, let's go to Burger King. Loser! Okay, no, that's not a great date, okay? Not a great date, okay? Especially, I'm in college working a job. I can do better than that, okay? So I was determined that I would make sure she went to nice places. And I, I remember getting, the, she was, and when she saw the price, she immediately like threw them in. Oh my gosh. And she didn't look at the price. She just wanted to see if they fit. And my immediate instinct, before we were ever married, the instinct was that to provide. To provide. And so I'm like, I'm getting these jeans, whether you like it or not. She's like, you're not buying these jeans. Those are $80. My mom would throw a fit. Guess what? It's not your mom's job to take care of you anymore. It's mine. I believed that. I honestly believed that. You know why? Because that is supposed to be one of the most basic male tendencies is to provide. You see that Boaz, that was the most, guys, that's the first thing that he turned to before he ever asked her out, before he ever knew she had any interest in him whatsoever, he wanted to take care of her to provide. So there's security in their attention. Guys, a biblical goal is to be secure in attention. Are, are, they, are you secure in their attention for you? And are they secure in your attention for them? Then are they secure in the care that you have for them? Are they secure in the provision, the desire to provide? Now listen, guys, I know some of you don't even, have work, you don't even work a job. But you're like, what am I supposed to do? Guys, it's the instinct. It's the instinct, okay? Uh, one of the first things that, to me, uh, is, is a warning sign is when he never wants to do anything in the sense that's out of a girl doesn't want to do anything that puts any effort out or God doesn't want to do anything that, that costs him anything. That, that's a big warning sign, okay? Because that should be a natural thing when there is a real care for an individual. So that's the first thing is security, okay? Number two, biblical relationships provide sacrificially. They provide sacrificially. If you'll move to verse 15, you notice that he changes and, and he tells her to, to go on. And since she's, she's already dipped the vinegar, they've had a meal, he has already passed to her. Listen, do you notice that it didn't say he passed to his maidens or to the young men? He passed to her parched grain, okay? Parched grain was already prepared. It was actually, a, uh, she was getting more than the workers were getting, Okay. So he's already showed, man, that he cared for her, he wanted to provide for her. And so there's this instance where you see she kind of leaves the scene. And then behind the scenes, he turns and he grabs his men and he says these things. He says, hey, when she rose up to glean, so here she is, she rises up and goes back to work. And I can see him now, you have a great day. And he's just attracted. And she out of the room. And as soon as she's out of the room, hey, you, come here, come here, come here. Come here. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, come here, come here. And he says this, he said, okay, here's what I want you to do. He said uh, in verse 15, Boaz commanded his young men saying, I want you to let her glean even among the sheaves. Okay, The sheaves are where they would gather and begin to bundle them together. And as they did that, 
a lot of stuff would fall. They generally didn't allow them to gather around the sheaves because they could scoop that back up and start another sheave, okay? He said, I want you to let her walk in and among the sheaves and start grabbing. And then he says, more than that, notice this, I love this, okay? It's such an awesome picture. He says, but more than that, let her glean among the sheaves. Do not reproach her. He'll say this twice. Do not reproach her. Do not reproach her. I, mean, I really get this tendency of not only a protection, but this desire. For, listen, don't you even look at her funny. He says, listen, now I want you to also, verse 16, let grain from the bundles fall purposely. So he tells this young man, listen, I don't even want, I, I don't want you to rebuke her for coming among the sheaves. I want you to gather up a sheaf and be like, oops, gather up a sheaf, oops, and just, I want you to start dropping it everywhere. He said, I want you to purposely leave in abundance. Now, here's what you see here. Here's where you see about the sacrificial part. Whose land is he working? His own, right? Who gets the profits? From what's gathered. He does. This is the same thing. As him. Taking out of his own pockets. The same thing as him sacrificially saying. Listen. I, I, it don't matter what it costs me. It doesn't matter. Listen. I, I don't care. You take extra. And make sure that she gets it. You're like. Well is that not the same thing as provision? Well it is. But it's providing sacrificially. Sacrificially meaning this. First sacrifice and finances let me give you something guys if you are not willing to sacrifice financially for that person you're considering to date or you think you might have not just an attraction to but you've learned some things about them you know some things about them and you're thinking about relation if you're not willing to sacrifice financially don't get involved because guess what you're not ready for a relationship because guess I, I, you don't have to like this but relationships oftentimes are financially sacrificial. They often are. Listen, guys, remember what I just said? I told you, before me and my wife got married, I had money. Guys, when I was, when I was a, listen, when I was single, I worked, I worked two, different, two different jobs, and when a single guy who's in college, I had my college already paid for, well, I had already paid for my college, but left over after I had paid for my school, on a monthly basis, I would make between $2,800, uh, $3,000, something like that. That's not great. It was great for a single guy, okay? That's a lot of money. I had no payments whatsoever. I was living in dorm housing. All I had to pay for was a, a phone bill, and I was supposed to pay for a third of the phone bill, but miraculously, one of the guys never had the money to pay, you know? So I was paying for two-thirds, or me and the other guy were paying for half of a phone bill, which is about $47 a month. Listen, I, 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 didn't, think that, I didn't think anything about money then, because I was working. But then when you get a house and then you want to get life insurance because, man, she's on my, if something happens to me and she's in trouble and house and life insurance and then cars and car insurance. And listen, I can drive an old beater and half the time, I mean, just, man, oh, yeah, I'm just going to keep, uh, I'm only going to keep liability on it. But the things, yeah, you know, I always noticed, I always wanted something better for her than me. People used to say that. Why are you always getting her a good car? Because she's supposed to have a good car. I can drive dirt, okay? I mean, and I did, okay? I drove some real jalopies, okay? I mean, she was driving, I'm telling you, she was driving, I remember she's driving this Honda Civic, a nice Honda Civic, and I was driving around in this Ford, 1991 Ford Festiva. It was a roller skate. It was gross, okay? I mean, it maybe went 65 sometimes, you know? You're like, and if it did, it was like, I mean, it's just shaking to pieces, 
And I loved it. Why? Because I'd see her in that car, and guess what? I felt good. It was sacrificial on my part, not on hers. Because sometimes it's going to sac. If a guy's not willing and a girl's not willing to sacrifice somewhat financially for you, you are not ready for a relationship. Because in relationships, that's often what happens. That's often what happens. When Jill came and she had a full-ride scholarship to Murray State because she's smart and I ain't, okay? I mean, full-ride scholarship to, to, to uh, Murray State, and she goes in the first two weeks of school, she's miserable. She's coming home some days crying. She was being, I mean, she's being sexually harassed by some guys in the class. I don't have time to go in that story, but they did stop. <laughs> I won't go into that story. They did stop, okay? Uh, uh, and, and anyway, uh, when I found out about it, they stopped. And, and, and she just, I mean, she was miserable. And here's the sacrifice. Listen, we weren't making a ton of money, and I was going to lose a ton of money. But I said, if you don't like it there, then you don't need to go there. Where do you want to go? She said, I'd love to go where you're going mid-continent. There's, their teaching program's good. So guess what? Sacrificially, financially, I made sure she went. Now, is that, ooh, Brother Nathan, that's what every man should do. If you're not willing to sacrifice financially, listen, I'm not bashing you as a man. I'm saying you're just not ready for a relationship. You're just not, okay? I'm not saying you're not a man. I'm saying you're just not ready for a relationship yet. Because guess what? One day, that will come. One day, she'll be worth a whole lot more than money. And you, I mean, you'll be like the many, you'll just be throwing it out the window. You just, yeah, just so you can be with her. And you'll be fine with that, okay? You'll be fine with it. That's the place Boaz got to. He got to, he's like, guys, toss it around like it's just, bad. he said, toss it, <laughs> toss it like it's hot, okay? Just be like, hey, go, oops, oops. He said, make sure she's got enough, okay? Financially sacrificial, okay? Number two, sacrifice of time. Boaz comes to the thing. Boaz is not supposed to even be there. C can you guess this? Bosses don't really gather with everybody else. Owners don't typically walk around in their land and just say, I mean, he, he, he really had come, Bible said he had just come back and he just greeted the guys. That's all he really did. He was walking past and greeted the guys He's like, hey guys, Lord bless you. He's like, bless you. Then all of a sudden he went, Lord bless you. Whoa. Hey, uh, who's that over there? Okay, remember that from last week? Who, who's that over there? He, he noticed her and then all of a sudden things changed. You notice, Boaz is starting to hang around these reapers a whole lot. He's starting to really be there quite a bit. I mean, he's not going over here where he should be going. Listen, he's not even supposed to be, but what's he doing? He's sacrificing time. A person who's not willing to sacrifice time for another individual is just simply not ready for a relationship. A biblical relationship goal is being willing to sacrifice time. One of the first things that go, listen, it's not that... Um, it's not that you can't ever be around other people or that it has to be all this, just, it's just you and them all the time. But I've seen people, they're not willing to sacrifice their guide time. They're not willing to sacrifice their ball night. They're not willing to sacrifice their fishing trip or any of those things. Listen, if that stuff's more important to you than that relationship, I'm telling you, don't get involved in it. I'm not telling you you're a bad person. Just don't get involved in it. All it's saying, the Bible's just saying, you're just not ready for a relationship. You're just not. So he says, listen, there's a sacrifice of time. Uh, listen, girls, if, if you'd rather be with your girlfriends than be with him, that's not a bad thing. You're just not ready for a relationship. Honestly, if you're having more fun with your girlfriends and you enjoy being with them more than him, don't waste your time or his or break his or your heart. You're just not ready for a relationship. It's nothing bad. 
It's not like, oh, you're immature. It's simply God's way of telling you biblically you're just not ready. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. That's okay. But seeing here that there is a willingness to sacrifice financially and to sacrifice time. And then lastly, it's to sacrifice preferences. To sacrifice preferences. There's, there's a lot of things that you can glean from this. Preferences when he said that he wanted, then she went out and you notice that his preferences should have been somebody else. His preferences could have been something else or somebody else. And yet he was willing to sacrifice his own preferences. It's interesting to me that, that Boaz is not married yet. He's, he's older than Ruth is. That's, that's given in the fact that he would later, when she shows an interest in him, he's, he's kind of overwhelmed and says, man, you, you really are something because you didn't seek younger men. He thought she was awesome before, but then when she revealed that she's willing, that she was interested in him, and she knew that that's actually the best thing, and that that was the God thing, he was really overwhelmed by that. He's like, wow, I, I can't, he said, you are blessed, he said, because you didn't, you didn't go after younger men, meaning that she could have gone after younger men. So he's probably a little older than her, maybe 10 years older than her, maybe she could have easily... Uh, been more attracted or more attractive to a younger guy. But he sees that now it's her character. His, his preference, his willing to set aside his own preferences. What I mean is, guys, if when you get together with a person, it's always about what they want to do, you know, sure, let's do all the things that you want to do, okay? I mean, if it's really like that, you're just not ready for a relationship. You're not. I, 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 I tell you this, you know, every time I take Jill to a movie, we never go to the movie I would choose, okay? Never. I have preferences. You know what those are? Things that blow up, guns and stuff like that. I like action, cars and things that explode and chase scenes and stuff like that. The first movie you went to see was Titanic, okay? I had no desire to see Titanic, okay? I didn't. One, because it's like forever long, okay? It's like seeing the sound of music or something. I, I didn't want to see Titanic. I didn't want to see, but she's like, let's go see Titanic. So guess what? I didn't be like, oh. Titanic, oh my gosh, you know. She said, you want to see Titanic? I said, yes. Yeah, I want to see Titanic. Yeah, I want to see Titanic. And guess what? I actually enjoyed Titanic. There's some, there's some good scenes in Titanic. It's good stuff. There's actually a funny scene, which I'm, I thought it was funny. No one else laughed. Everyone else was crying. I thought it was hilarious. The boat's going down, and the guy jumps off the ledge. Who does that, okay? He jumps off the ledge, and when he jumps off the ledge, the propeller's there, and he hits it and goes, you hear it go, dong, and he's like, tick, 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 tick. I thought that was hilarious. I'm the only one laughing. She's like elbowing me. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really laughing. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was funny. I was like, gosh, I mean, do people lose their minds when stuff like that happens? I don't know. Listen, and it's not bad. I've seen some great things. Here's the deal. I've seen some things I never would have seen and had enjoyed some things that I never would have enjoyed had I not sacrificed my own preferences. We watched The Butler together. That's a great movie. I never would have watched The Butler on my own. But she's like, let's watch The Butler. I watched, what is that one about the, uh, the women in the space program? Um, what? Yes, Hidden Figures. I'm like, okay, I would never go see Hidden Figures. I want to go see Hidden Figures. She's like, you want to see Hidden Figures? I'm like, yeah, baby, I want to see Hidden Figures. Let's go. So we see Hidden Figures. Guys, even the movies we watch at home, 
Okay? When she's not home, I'm watching Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, and I'm watching gunfights and all that stuff. And then when she's home, she's like, what do you want to watch? She's like, I don't know, baby. What do you want to watch? She's like, let's watch this. I'm like, that's fantastic. Okay? I'm just being honest. If you're not willing to sacrifice some of your preferences, you're not ready for a relationship. Okay? You're not a bad person or an evil person or even a self-centered, well, maybe you're a self-centered person. But that's not bad. God's just saying, listen, if these things don't exist in your heart, you're not ready for a relationship. I'm going to finish with this. There is a story, and I don't know the origination of it because um, where it came from, people said it originated in my hometown. I felt like I would have heard about it uh, before I did if this was true. Okay? But there's this, amazing, there's this amazing story. I know the story to be true. I hope to get all the facts right. I don't know the guy's name. I don't know the girl's name. But I do know the history of it. There's a, a high school couple uh, that they started dating. They started dating about their junior year in high school. And when they first started dating, she was involved in a, a really bad car accident. She was a cheerleader. Uh, he was a football player. He was a Christian. She was a Christian. She was involved in a really bad uh, accident. And her face got messed up some, and she got paralyzed from the waist down. He continued just to love her to death. Um, honestly, she believed probably that he would leave. A lot of relationships that are based on physical appearance would have. Guys, I ask you to ask a serious question of yourself. How dedicated you are to a relationship? If she loses the body she has and the face that she has, will you stay with her? If the answer to either one of those is no, you're not ready for a relationship. That's not a serious relationship, okay? This guy was dedicated. Um, she, was, of course, was very athletic as a, as a cheerleader and all those things, and everything massively changed, Okay? Uh, in their conversations, one of the things that she, she was a good Christian, God helped get her through that, uh, and their relationship stayed strong. When uh, they would have conversations, one of the things that she had regretted, and she said one of the things that was going to be hard is the fact that she would um, have to be in a wheelchair at their senior prom. She said, I just love to not be in that wheelchair. I just love to be able to dance. I'd love to be able to, you know, be around my friends. And so this guy, in the beginning of the summer, before their senior year, he started lifting some weights. Uh, he was a football player. Some say that he was a star football player and could have had a scholarship. I don't know how true that that is. Some people, I think, add things to stories, so I'm not going to say that I know that. I do know that he was a very accomplished football player. He went to his coach at the beginning of the school season. Of course, they start practicing. You know how it is. They start practicing a little bit before school, and he told his coach, he said, I have something really important that I have to do. I'm not going to be playing football this year. So he gave up football, and he spent an enormous amount of time in a gym, and he just continued to work out his upper body, specifically his upper body. People would wonder, it was strange, how he much he focused on curls, how much he focused on being able just to do this, to hold enormous amount of weights like this for hours. He worked. He worked and he worked. He was 18. Prom night came. She was embarrassed by her legs. In a year's time, they had really dwindled down. No use at all. They were very bony. So she made sure she had this really long flowing dress that covered the bottom of her feet. The only worry she had was that it would get caught in the wheels of her wheelchair. So cool. He comes to the door. He knocks on the door, and her parents come to the door, and 
They do the normal things. There's the exchange. He had got her a little wristlet. He slid that on her wrist, and he, he reached down, and he said, you do not need this tonight. And he picked her up like she was a rag doll. And he held her in one arm, and they took a picture together like she was standing. And he just held her. He scooped her out of the house like this. He was just carrying her. Uh, the way I know some of this was true, I don't know how it originated, but they actually got a picture in a newspaper of him standing there. He, he almost looked a little deformed because his arms were huge and his legs weren't, okay? But he was huge in his arms, and he was just holding her. She had her little arm propped on his shoulder, and he's holding her. He carried her to the car. He set her in the car. When they got to the, when they got to the prom, there was no wheelchair to be around. He reached down. He picked her up out of that car. He put her in his left arm, and they walked in like everybody else. And peep, the, 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 the students, could, they, they knew it was her, but like they said it looked like she was walking. He was just carrying her. They walked into prom all night. He carried her around until it was time to, for them to have, they'd sit down some. And any time she wanted to dance, he'd simply reach down and pick her up. And they'd just dance around that floor. And the students kept thinking, man, it's like she has legs. I've always been moved by that story. Because you know what that is? That's sacrifice. It is. He spent less time with friends, no time in football, and gave up anything he could have had in football for what? She, so she could have one night at the prom. That's good. And you're like, man, that's a pretty story. But it was real. It was real. Sacrifice is one of the most natural things in relationships. And if you're not willing to come to a place personally where you'll sacrifice your finances, you'll sacrifice not just finances, but your time, where you'll sacrifice your preferences or even this. There's not a line for this, but it's honest. If you won't sacrifice yourself. He sacrificed himself for an entire year. So that he can carry that girl around for one night. Listen, relationships are beautiful things when they're biblical relationships. They really are. The greatest thing that I know is the continuation of that story is that they, they ended up getting married. Uh, he continued to provide for her. He, he actually continued to try to stay uh, fit as he could because on times he wanted to simply carry her so that she had the opportunity to look as if she was just like everybody else walking around. My, my mom had said that it was reported in the newspaper, which makes me think maybe it did actually come from somewhere close to where I grew up, uh, that it was in the newspaper some years later, and in the newspaper some years later they have two kids, and it's just a really beautiful story. But it centers itself in the fact that an individual was willing to sacrifice for somebody else. Now, I bring it to this because 
ultimately we know that Jesus Christ is the greatest picture of sacrifice that there is. He shows us that true love, when it's real love, is willing to sacrifice all. So guys, when it comes to the aspect of a biblical relationship goal of what we call provision, I ask you to really examine yourself. I, this, isn't, this isn't one of his preaching moments, guys. It's an opportunity that God gives you a tool. He's giving you a tool to help you from, number one, a broken heart. From, number two, making mistakes physically that you would never make if you just did what he said. Okay? Someone asked me, when is it right? When, when is it a good time for me to allow my, my, my teenager to allow them to date? When they're ready. When you're willing to be secure in attention. When you're willing to focus on that one person. And you don't have eyes for somebody else. Doesn't matter who comes along who's better looking or skinnier or whatever it is. You're not looking for a younger model. You are focused on that person. When you're willing to get involved in that, you are ready. When you're willing to show the proper care for an individual, you are ready. When you're willing to, that instinct of provision kicks in. And all of a sudden you notice that you care more about what they need rather than what you need. You're beginning to understand that you're ready. When you have that same instincts that Boaz had, though he had no relationship with her at all. They've not even gone on a date unless you call dipping something in vinegar a date. Okay? They've not even had that. And you see the instinct kicking in that he desired for her to know that she had his attention. He desired for her to know that she had his care. He desired for her to know that she would be provided for. Guys, when you're willing to do those things in a relationship as a, as a way of balancing things out, then you begin to understand, I think I'm ready for a relationship. When that relationship means that you are willing to sacrifice financially, when it means that you're willing to sacrifice more than just financially, you're willing to sacrifice your time, and you're willing to sacrifice your own preferences. When you're willing to do these things, then you know you're ready for a relationship. Guys, it's not a matter of you being uh, spiritually immature. It's not a matter of those things. I'm not saying that in a preachy sense of spiritual immaturity. If you're not ready, you're just not ready. Some people are 20 years old and not ready. Some people are 30 years old and not ready yet. Okay? Listen, a 30-year-old who lives in his mother's basement, plays video games, doesn't work a job, he is not ready for a relationship at all. Okay? He's not. Why? Because he hasn't yet moved to where he is in the place to where he's ready, right? This is just a biblical way of looking at things. Guys, some people may be ready at younger ages. I've seen some people marry their high school sweetheart. Why? Because these things were present in their relationship. They had a connection through Christ. In that connection through Christ, they were committed to each other. They had eyes only for each other. They had each other's attention. through. Even through, listen, temptations came and they stuck with it. Yes, that can happen. Yes, it can happen in high school. Not saying that it doesn't. But these things are what we need to look for to know if we're ready. Guys, it's a simple thing. It's not, a, it's not complicated. God doesn't always try to complicate things. Yes, we know most scripture gives boundaries of relationships. And what I can tell you what's too physical. Okay, The Bible is really, really 
gives you some stuff that's too physical, okay? We can go those things. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like, man, when are you even ready to get involved in a relationship? Because if you'll do it God's way, if you do it God's way, you know what's amazing about His way? It just turns out really good. It turns out really good. You know what I'm ready to see is test. Test yourself in these things. And if these things exist and you begin a relationship, I'd like to hear 10, 20, 30 years down the road, did your relationship last? So many Christians now, they, they end in divorce just like everybody else does. I personally, I personally believe with all my heart that, that if we'll just do things the way God sets it out, that even those relationships are successful. Guys, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want broken hearts. I, I, I deal with enough of those in, in my lifetime. People, relationships, Christians, all of it. I, I deal with that enough. I've, I've, I, unfortunately, in ministry, that's how you see people a lot at their worst or in their lowest times. And they come to you and they're just, listen, when these things exist, these are the things to look for. Or Nathan, how do I know if I'm ready to date when this stuff is real with you? When this stuff is real with you, that's when you know I can start looking to date. Let's pray. God, I thank you for tonight and for how simple you put things. I'm thankful for this man, Boaz. I know that there are so many other cases in Scripture where we see some men that are not good examples. I think of Samson, Solomon, so many guys that didn't, didn't set good examples when it came to relationships, when it comes to relationships. And yet, God, there's one here that we see that is an awesome picture of a real relationship. I'm thankful that just like in other places in Scripture, God, we know that this is a special case. This is a pretty awesome guy because of the fact that you don't hold things back in other places of Scripture where guys just make mistakes. And so, God, I thank you for this example that you give to us about a, a good a good thing for us to follow, a, a good set of standards for us to have, a good test for us to have in our own life as to whether or not we're ready to begin a relationship. I pray you'd help us examine it, God, that, that these wouldn't be things that we'd forget easily, but things that we hang on to. And because we hang on to them, they affect the very relationships that we're in. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for who you are. I thank you for many of the great examples that you have put in my life of people who have who can give testimony to these things that this was true in their lives and god they are faithful to this day i'm thankful for the many people that we can look at even our own church that have been married 20 and 30 and 40 and even 50 years that would stand up if they could tonight and testify to the, the to the truth about what it is that we're hearing god i pray you develop this in, develop in us true character and the relationships that we get involved in. That they're not games, but that they're real. I pray this in your name. Amen. Guys, I don't know how you need to respond, but I'm just going to invite you just to, to stand together tonight. And I, I don't know what you need to do. This is I know this is not a salvation message. I know that this is not a very common message. Probably not a, more, uh, a real popular message. 
I know in churches you hear a lot of times, don't have sex, don't take drugs, don't drink, and all those things are true, that you don't need to do those things, but I think the problem is we don't have biblical approaches to relationships in the first place. And that's why we make all those other mistakes. Just asking, if I'm, am I even ready for this? So guys, I don't know how, how you need to respond or what you need to do, but I just want us to have a time of a reflection, a time to to consider what God's word said. And if God's spoken to you in some way, I encourage you, you can come and you can pray. Or, guys, maybe you're in a relationship with a person. And if you are, guys, that's not weird. But for you to take some opportunity, even tonight, to talk to each other about, hey, do these things exist in us? Guys, that's a mature conversation. If you can't have that conversation, should you really be having a relationship? No. But you can be, guys, on it, you can be 15 years old and have this relationship. I'm not saying you can't, but you should be able to have it. You should say, hey, listen, is, is this, am I like this? Do you feel that way? Do you feel like I would, am I sacrificing for you? Have real conversations. I, I encourage you to do that. But if God's spoken to you in some other way, you just want to pray, or maybe you want to come down here and pray as a couple, that's not weird either, okay? Couples should pray together. It's all right. Even dating couples should pray together, Okay? It was one thing I loved when I started dating Jill. We would pray together, okay? It's okay, right? It's okay. So if God's speaking to you, I just want to encourage you, do whatever, do whatever he's telling you to do. You never regret being obedient to the Lord. Guys, you lead us. God's speaking to you. You come.